the scriptures tell us that in the last days, there's going to be a dividing. There's going to be the wheat and the tares that some people are going to fall away. And unless you're living in a hole, you've probably noticed that that is absolutely happening. I know that I've had family members and dear friends, and there's been people that are very well-known influencers that have abandoned their faith in Christ, or maybe have even just pivoted a little bit. And so as a mom, I have watched that with some concern and wondered, okay, I have, I've really tried to make sure I instill in my kids' faith, but how do I keep them strong in a world where it's getting less and less popular to follow Christ and to really align with him? And how do I make sure that me, for myself, that I stay strong and that I don't be misled. And so I was so excited this week to jump into Hebrews chapters one through six and get some advice and some counsel on how we can help ourselves and our kids stay strong and aligned with Jesus Christ in a world that it is very easy to go another way. Welcome to the Inner Strength Parenting Podcast where we dig into the scriptures to find insights on everything from how to help your kids stay spiritually strong in a crazy world to simple, clear steps that will help you become everything God knows is in you. Now, heaven knows I am not a perfect mom. It takes everything in me and a whole lot of divine intervention to keep my stress somewhat in control and my family thriving. But I believe that when you choose to live with the Savior by your side, nothing will stop you from doing what Heavenly Father sent you here to do. I'm a certified positive discipline parent educator and mindset coach who helps parents live their missions, love their lives, and raise kids who do the same. I promise that by tuning in each week, you'll get a much needed boost of hope, practical insight, and scriptural truth. Let's do this. Hebrews is one of those books that in the Bible that we actually do not know for certain who wrote it. Most people think that it was probably Paul, but no one is really sure. What we do know is that he was speaking to a group of people that knew the gospel. They, they were strong in the faith. They had been taught and they had been living the gospel, but the world was getting a little crazy. The, the, the cities in which they were living were growing and the world was getting more connected, so they had more outside influences, and it was getting easier and easier to doubt or to go off the path. And this is Paul. We're just going to assume for this podcast that it's Paul. This is Paul's effort to counsel the people how they can be strong and not be led astray. In Hebrews chapter 3, verses 6 and 8, he says, but Christ as a son over his own house, whose house are we, if we hold fast the confidence and rejoicing of the hope firm unto the end. In other words, we are part of Christ's house. We're part of his family, but we have to keep that confidence in him and hold firm until the end. We can't give up part way. So he counsels them in verse eight. He says, harden not your hearts as in the provocation in the day of temptation in the wilderness. So what Paul is doing here is he's actually using an example that these people would be very familiar with. He's pointing to the children of Israel and when they followed Moses and went through the Red Sea and into the wilderness. Now they would have known very well that these people left in faith. They believed, they followed Moses, they followed the pillar of fire and, and smoke and all of that. And they, and they followed 
him into the wilderness, but somewhere in the wilderness, somewhere in that time when things got hard and they weren't sure where the promised land was or when it was going to come somewhere, many of them lost their faith. And Paul explains to us what happened and what that meant. He says in Hebrews chapter three, verses 10 through 14, wherefore, and this is the Lord speaking, I was grieved with that generation and said, they do always err in their heart and they have not known my ways. In other words, they don't know me. They're not truly following me physically, maybe, but their hearts have strayed. In verse 11, he says, so I swear in my wrath, they shall not enter into my rest. Okay. So this is Paul again, take heed brethren, lest there be in any of you an evil heart of unbelief in departing from the living God. In other words, he says it happened to them and it can happen to us. If we're not careful, we have to pay attention in verse 13, but exhort one another daily while it is called today, lest any of you be hardened through the deceitfulness of sin. In other words, let's support each other every day. Let's help support and strengthen each other so we can stay strong. And I think it's the same with our kids. We have to support them every day. We have to share what we know is true with them every day so that they too can stay strong. In verse 14, for we are made partakers of Christ if we hold the beginning of our confidence steadfast until the end. In other words, we all have those times in life where, where we know, where the spirit is strong and we feel it and we feel motivated and we're going to live it. But then we get to our wildernesses, those times in life where it gets hard and it gets sticky and that memory of what we knew gets a little cloudy. So Paul is going to help us learn how we can make sure that doesn't happen. And so we can stay steadfast to the end. It's interesting that Paul says in Hebrews chapter three, verse 19, he says, so we see that they, meaning the children of Israel could not enter in because of unbelief. So what happened with them is what started out as faith actually became unbelief somewhere there in the wilderness. And so as he counsels us, this is what he tells us in Hebrews chapter two, verses one and through three, he says, therefore we ought to give the most earnest heed to the things which we have heard, lest at any time we should let them slip. In other words, let's, let's learn from this. We have heard things, we've known them, they are true, but we have to consciously make an effort to obey them more. Otherwise they will slip. They'll slip from our minds. That's that memory slips and we can fall away so easily. In verse three, he says, how shall we escape? In other words, how can this not happen to us? If we neglect so great salvation, which at the first began to be spoken by the Lord and was confirmed unto us by them that heard him. He says the key to us not falling away is to not forget that salvation. That is Jesus Christ. He is the key to us being strong. Now in another part of the world at a different time, we had a similar situation. We had King Benjamin who in the Americas was also teaching a people who also believed in Christ. And they said that, that they knew they felt it. They felt this desire and this burning, but King Benjamin was also wise. And he said, I know this can end. I know that you can fall away. And so he gave them similar counsel of how to not let it slip in Mosiah chapter four, verses 11 and 12, King Benjamin said, and again, I say unto you, as I have said before, 
that as you have come to the knowledge of the glory of God, or if you have known of his goodness and have tasted of his love and have received a remission of your sins, which causeth such exceedingly great joy in your souls, even so I would that you should remember and always retain in remembrance the greatness of God and your own nothingness and goodness and long suffering towards you unworthy creatures and humble yourselves even in the depths of humility. Listen to this part, calling on the name of the Lord daily and standing steadfastly in the faith of that which is to come, which was spoken by the mouth of the angel. And behold, I say unto you that if you do this, ye shall always rejoice and shall be filled with the love of God and always retain a remission of your sins and ye shall grow in the knowledge of the glory of him that created you or in the knowledge of that, which is just and true. So he says, there's two things we need to do. One, we need to call upon the name of the Lord daily. And two, we need to stand steadfastly in the faith. When I was in college, I was busy. I was taking way too many classes and trying to figure out finances and being an adult and dating and all of those things. And as I got so busy with life, a few things in my life slipped. Now it wasn't intentional. It was just that I was really tired and really busy. So instead of feasting upon the word, I would maybe read a verse or maybe I wouldn't read any at all. And pretty soon one day turn into three and turn into two weeks. And I found myself in a place where I didn't know if I even believed it was true. And I got to the point where I was actually considering jumping ship. And I decided, hey, this is a pretty big decision. So I'm going to just go get some counsel from my bishop before I make this decision. So I went into my bishop and we sat across the desk from each other. And as he sat there in his chair and I and I told him, I just, you know, let it go. And I just said, Hey, I, I just don't know, you know, I've been taught this my whole life, but I just don't know if it's true anymore. I don't know if I buy into all this anymore. And he paused and he leaned back in his chair and he put his hand to his chin and he just looked up and I'm sure he was praying just saying, Heavenly father, help me know what to say. And after a minute, he looked at me and he said, can you do one thing for me before you decide? to give up on this. And I said, sure. What, you know, what do you want me to do? And he said, that's not true. I didn't say sure. I said, what, right. I was, I was waiting to see what, what it was. And he said, I just want you to give me three weeks for three weeks. I want you to read your scriptures every single day. And for three weeks, I want you to pray morning and night every single day. And for three weeks, I want you to just try to be a good person, try to serve other people just for three weeks. And at the end of three weeks, if you don't feel any differently, then make, you know, make your choice. But will you just give me those three weeks first? Now, I, I honestly felt like this was a little bit of a big ask because I was pretty busy and I wasn't in, in a really strong habit of doing some of those things, but I decided this was a big enough life decision that I could give him three weeks. So I said, sure. So I went home and I, you know, that night I opened up my scriptures and I'm like, it came to pass, blah, blah, blah. right? I'm just reading the words. There's no filling. I'm not filling the spirit. I'm just doing the thing. Right. And I say my prayers kind of the same deal. I'm like, yeah, help me know if this is true. Not even listening for an answer, because for me at that point, prayer wasn't 
very powerful, I don't think. And just, I was kind of numb to the spirit a little bit. And so I kept doing this day after day because I said I would. And, and as the weeks went on, I was doing it out of obligation, but something started to shift and I didn't know all the answers to my questions. And it's not that I didn't have any doubts anymore, but by the end of three weeks, something inside of me changed and I just didn't feel the confusion that I had felt. And even though I didn't know all the answers, I felt steady. I felt that my foundation was back on Christ where it needed to be. And even though I still had questions that I would figure out over the years, I felt, I felt firm. I felt steadfast and I didn't have the doubts. And what that experience taught me is that it's not the big life-changing experiences that, that, that are the deciding factor on if we stay true or not. Do they help build our faith? Yes. Do they help us in times when we're struggling? Yes. But what keeps us steady, firmly planted on our testimony of Jesus Christ are those little things we do every day. It's reading our scriptures. It's saying our prayers, even when we don't feel like we're getting answers. During that period of time, I still did not know very well how to talk to Heavenly Father. I still did not know very well how to hear him because I had become a little numb. But because I was doing them, I was blessed and I felt more firm in my journey. And what happened is as I continued to do that, Heavenly Father sent experiences to me where I felt the spirit and it rekindled my faith. And I kept reading and I kept praying. And every day I did it, I got stronger. And I learned better who Jesus Christ was and how he speaks to me. And he taught me and the journey became beautiful. And scripture study and prayer were no longer a have to. They were a I love to because I get to be and commune with him. And uh, my friend, I think that's what Heavenly Father wants for all of us. Sometimes we have to start doing the things out of obligation, but Eventually, as we obey this love for the Savior and this relationship with him develops and the journey changes. And instead of this arduous trek up a mountain, we feel like it's a walk with a friend. And when our wilderness comes and it will over and over again in life where things get hard and things get a lot, a little bit confusing, if we are walking next to him, then we don't feel lost. And everything is different. And, and the journey is something that we don't want to leave because we're growing and we're filling of his love and we're filling of his strength. And part of the reason that's so wonderful is because of who Christ is and who walks by our side in Hebrews chapter two, verses 10, 11, and 13, Paul says, for it became him for whom are all things and by whom are all things in bringing many souls unto glory to make the captain of their salvation perfect through sufferings for both he that sanctifieth and they who are sanctified are all of one for which cause he is not ashamed to call them brethren. And again, I will put my trust in him. 
So what Paul is saying is this person that I choose to put my trust in, that Paul chose and that I choose to put my trust in, he is the captain of our salvation. Heavenly Father made him so, and he became a perfect captain through his sufferings. In Hebrews chapter 2, verses 17 and 18, it says, Wherefore in all things it behooved him to be made like unto his brethren, that he might be made a merciful and faithful high priest in the things pertaining to God, to make reconciliation for the sins of the people. For in that he himself had suffered being tempted, he is able to succor them that are tempted. Now, what that means is because Christ became became like us, he condescended to our level. He went through the mortal experience and he chose in to allowing himself to be tempted in every way we ever would be. Because of that, he's able to succor. He's able to run to us, to help us when we're going through whatever we are going through. In Hebrews chapter four, verses 15 and 16, it says, for we have not a high priest, which cannot be touched with the feeling of our infirmities, but was in the, but was in all points tempted, like as we are yet without sin. Let us therefore come boldly unto the throne of grace that we may obtain mercy and find grace and to help in times of need. The reason the savior can help us is because he knows how to help us. When my kids were really little, um, well, actually when we were in the baby stage, my babies were super colicky. <laughs> like, I know babies cry, but my babies rarely stopped. <laughs> it wasn't a cry, it was screaming. And I remember as a young mom being so, so tired because I could not get my baby to sleep more than 15 minutes at a time ever. And to get her to sleep was so, so difficult because she would just scream all the time. And there had been so many people that would say, oh, let me take that baby. And they would, they would take her and rock her and try and try and try. And then after 10 minutes, they'd give her back and say, something is wrong. And I'd say, I know, right? <laughs> I know she doesn't stop crying. And I've, I've tried all the doctors. Nobody knows. So one day though, I was somewhere and a friend came up to me, someone that I had barely met actually, but knew who she was. And, and she said, Hey, I had colicky babies. Can I try for just a minute? And I said, sure. So my baby is screaming at the top of her lungs and this friend takes her and she walks over to another part of the room. And about three minutes later, she walks back and my baby's asleep. I looked at her, <laughs> my jaw is just dropping. And I looked at her and I said, how did you do that? And she said, I had colicky babies. I have lots of practice. And she taught me what she did and how to do it. And, and then after that, when I would go other places where other babies would, would scream, I would say, Hey, can I rock them for just a minute? And I, and I would put them to sleep the same way, but it was because of all of that practice and of all of the experience, those of going through that wilderness and going through all that screaming, and then finally finding someone that said, Hey, I've been through this. I know what it's like, and I figured it out. Let me show you how. And our savior is the same because he went through all of the things because he got tempted in all of the ways and figured it out. He can help us and he becomes the perfect captain to guide us to salvation. 
in Hebrews chapter five, verses eight and nine, it says, though he were a son, yet he learned obedience by the things which he suffered. In other words, he wasn't just a mere mortal. He was the son of God. And yet even he learned through obedience and through suffering. In verse nine, it says, and being made perfect, he became the author of eternal salvation unto all them that obey him. Sometimes we wonder why heavenly father quote, doesn't answer our prayers, right? We think that we pray that things will be taken away and he doesn't. And so we wonder, is he really there? And, and that's what I love about this verse is it says that even Jesus Christ, the son of God had to learn obedience through suffering. He had to go through the hard things and not just some of the hard things, but all of the hard things. And did his father in heaven take them away? No. Even in the garden of Gethsemane, when he prayed, was that taken away? No. Why not? Because he had to become perfect. He had to become complete. And that suffering is what got him to the place where he knows how to help us. He became the author of eternal salvation unto all them that obey him. He became the only one who can help me and can help you when we're in our wilderness and we don't know what to do. And it's hard when it's too hard. He is the only one who like that mom with the colicky baby has been through it and actually knows how to help. Staying strong and firmly rooted in Jesus Christ takes effort. It doesn't happen by accident. It requires us to every day choose in and say, I want to follow Jesus today. I want him to walk by me. And I recognize that sometimes I'm going to be walking through the wilderness and it's going to be hard. And I'm going to wish that Heavenly Father would take those things away. But regardless of if he sees fit to do that or not, I'm going to trust that because Jesus went through everything, because the Savior knows how to go through all of the hard things I'm going to go through, I'm going to trust that he can get me through and I'm going to choose to follow him. I'm going to read my scriptures. I'm going to listen to his voice. And if you're at a place where you want to learn how to involve that more in your life every day, I've had some of you ask if I would teach a class on hearing personal revelation again. I'm going to go ahead and do that again in a few weeks. So if you want an email, when we teach that, it's just a few, it's just a free class. I will send out an email to everyone that registers. So I'll put the link in the comments or in the show notes. You can check that out and I'll send you an email to let you know when we're going to be teaching that. Our heavenly father loves us. And whether we're in the wilderness or in the promised land, he wants us to become stronger. He wants us to come to know him and the journey can be beautiful as long as we choose to walk by his side. Be sure to follow the show so that you don't miss next week when we finish Hebrews and learn more insights to help us live our missions, love our lives, and raise kids who do the same. I'm Jamie Knapp. Have a wonderful week.